Welcome to Playing Favorites Podcast. This is Justin. I'm Paul. That's Hello. Paul. Hi, Paul. Uh, if Hi. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about here today. I am too. Seems I'm like a... glad that we are doing it for the first time. Yes. <laughs> this uh, this is usually the podcast, right, where we talk about our favorite things, but we're doing things a little differently this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we usually like our favorite things for this uh, time frame is what talking about '90s movies. I guess that's kind of what we're we're trying to do recently. So if you haven't been here before. Uh, we typically stream every Tuesday and Thursday. Thursday nights is our stream. We're doing we're doing movie reviews, um, and then we do uh, gameplay re- uh, streams over on our uh, YouTube channel over on Tuesday nights around nine fifteen ish. Today we were we are roughly around time, so that's kind of neat. Uh, but uh, yeah. we are going to be because of the first week of the of the month. We're doing this in October. We're going to be doing some space horror. <laughs> some space horror we're like dabbling we're like putting our foot gently into the water for horror as you know it's still early in october but we're we're, we're getting there we're gonna do some some more scary i guess more horror themed movie but yeah the movie for today event horizon what was the tagline was it infinite space infinite horror infinite space infinite. No, there's another there's two taglines when i googled it too the other one was like a haunted ship and and missing crew infinite terror like <laughs> they gotta keep like... in there in there anyways a wormhole of terror mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> um, I, I felt like i, I know we're, we're we're gonna get jump into it but let's do our housekeeping sure sure oh. so again uh if first off if you first time here watching us if you're in the stream or if you're uh, watch on youtube later uh please like and subscribe to the channel yes. uh we have a lot of cool back you know, back history you can go through too, where we talk about random favorite topics like favorite sequel, favorite horror movie. We've done that before. Yeah, we've done our favorite this horror movie. This movie would, like we... would never make the list, I don't think. Nope. Um, <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I don't think we've ever talked about this film ever in any of our episodes. It's barely a horror movie, though. It's barely a horror movie. It's I mean, like a it's, horror themed it's drama. A, it's, or... it's, it's horror. It's considered horror. I mean, I'm I mean, not, it is. It's right. horror. I mean, you could call it gorer if that makes it makes it makes, makes it feel better. Like it's more of a gorer movie, <laughs> like horror with with like the with like the safety stuff on. It's very not. Uh, it, it's it's almost like it censored itself. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll talk yeah, about. We'll we'll, 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 we'll uh, but again, this. yeah, go. Uh, you know, like us on Twitter. Uh, check our socials. Um, you know, give us a Subscribe. gift. Give it. Give us an event horizon gift or something like that. If you can find Ding one. That bell. Um, but, yeah, right. If you can find <laughs> who's out there making event horizon gifts. But, uh, like I, it's kind of funny that this came up. We weren't supposed to do this movie, and somebody in our different Discord, he's like, "I just watched Event Horizon this week," and I'm like, "Oh wow, weird. That's." funny i and he loved it <laughs> i'm like well, it's great classic great movie i've actually heard some other people say that too beside that guy but love is a really strong word i, I don't know but when okay. I, you know what <laughs> we'll get into it I, i'm gonna defend this movie a little bit more than your initial take here but i get just i have some good things to say about it don't okay. don't get me wrong don't get me wrong liberate may but, but before can... we get into the plot and the actual movie of the uh, movie part uh, obviously, uh, I want to talk about who directed this movie. Uh, I, first off, it came out in 1997, which honestly, I was I was surprised. I knew it was around that time, but it seems like it would be an older movie, doesn't it? 
you know, sort of. Uh, no, because because they do show off some CGI effects very early on with like things floating in space, and it's like whoosh, and they bounce and things like that. I know, so it but feels we very just early watched it recently. I would have said ninety five. Okay, I know. I would have said like we just watched a different movie that. that had CGI that was made in ninety three, and that had better CGI than this movie. Ooh, are you putting the shadow C- CGI above <laughs> yes. Event Horizon? I might actually differ with you on this because at least Event Horizon, when they use it, they don't like overuse it and they okay. try to I'll hide. Give you that. They try to hide the strings, you know. I, I, I just didn't like the floating, the floating liquid. Like it was just like driving me nuts. Oh, I loved it. Plasma <laughs> everywhere. Anyways, um. Oh. The movie came out there's in '97. Of- it was uh, directed by um, uh, a dire- um, obviously there's an interesting connection there, but we, it was directed by w- Paul W. S. Anderson. Uh, he made all the Resident Evil movies. Uh, so for us, uh, he he came off. He he made this movie after Mortal Kombat. He would have made Annihilation. Now, I'll be honest. I'm glad he didn't because Annihilation is a special place in our hearts. But of, of its of its terrible <laughs> nature, yes. How bad it is. I don't As know. I don't know if Paul W. S. Anderson could have made it better. Uh maybe it could have had more continuity, maybe, but like <laughs> But I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad whoever made it, like whatever corporation made Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I'm glad that they made it. And again, because... he, he also might have done the X-Men movie too, but I don't know if that would have made a difference either. But well anyways, that, that's that's who directed it and eventually went on to make too many Resident Evil movies, so that's the story of the director here. Uh, but hey, hey, don't forget he also did Alien vs. Predator, AVP. Don't forget I AVP. Love, I've never seen that movie. Maybe we should watch that someday. Ever seen that movie? No, I, I was never did. gifted that movie when it first came out on DVD. I was given that was a Christmas gift from my brother. I was like, really? okay, thank did you. you. Watch the sequel? Cool. Uh, Requiem? No, I never watched the sequel. That was supposed to be, they were like, it's way more Predator, way more uh, gory. It's more like a Predator movie. And I was like, these are not, none of them are Predator movies. Like, they're just silly. Like, anyway, anyways, it's not worth talking about AVP anywhere. Okay, that's fine. Just maybe a different, maybe a different episode. Um, And a few other things, like, I thought there was some interesting things with the production. Like, initially the script was um more to do with aliens and less to do with i mean just hell Ooh. i guess and stuff like yeah, that you said it was like tentacle monsters or something um, what does it say on wikipedia here it says um <laughs> where, where does it say where is where's that thing i saw uh the ship itself he, he wanted it to be rather it be like the ship itself possessed kind of more akin to the shining um yeah the haunting. you know that was one of the one of the things I wrote down was this is trying to be like yeah, the shining. Yeah, trying to be shining. There's a, there's a scene that really yeah. kind of speaks to that too. Um, but yeah. I guess initially the guy, the, the director, he rewrote a bunch of stuff because he felt that it was too similar to Alien, which uh, there's some scenes that look like Alien in this movie. Um, and uh, eventually it was like like tentacle monsters or something like that. I don't know. That's what it says on Wikipedia. What I do find it interesting though is that there is a whole like fan base that considers this. I don't know if you are as familiar with this, but do you know what Warhammer Forty Thousand is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, I, so, I know actually a good deal about Warhammer. Oh, you uh, do. Okay, so they consider yeah. this like a pseudo sequel to Warhammer because they use oh. the same philosophy of traveling through space that the Event Horizon yeah, the does. Holding of space. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. the fact that if you go through Ooh, that, yeah. it's like going through hell. 
But see, in Warhammer, they learn to shield themselves from the hell, where this is like the, the earlier things of it. Because technically, this movie starts in 2015, oh, which I think is really, really interesting. It's like, it's like it, in 2015, this thing happens. When, it, when that came up in the opening thing, I was like, ooh, <laughs> like the future is now. Like, what happened in 2015? And it wasn't like that big of a deal because then it really like starts in 2047. That's mm-hmm. like when this movie takes place. But, but uh, I, yeah, I, I know when it was in 2015 too. I was like, "Oh, hello! <laughs> what happened in our past?" And then there's a few other post productions, the pre production stuff I want to bring up. But we can talk about that later when we get deeper in the episode. So, first, initially, what's your what's your initial thoughts of your first viewing, Paul? Oh, of you know what? I mean, do you want me to give you? Should we give everybody a rundown of what this movie is about before sure, we? Sure, go for it. You give me your it. give me your first time watching it. You give sure. me your pitch. This was my first time watching it, and um, so it starts, you know, text crawl telling us, you know, 2015, but then 2047, we learn that this ship called the Event Horizon uh, was on its first voyage, and it was like a new kind of warp drive, and it was going to make its maiden voyage to Proxima Centauri. It was going to make it there uh, very quickly, but it mysteriously disappeared. And as they say in the, well, once we get by the ultimate 90s music intro. Oh like my God, all, that intro was horrible. Like a, it was so loud dude, and obnoxious. It was like a techno wet dream from the 90s. Like it was just like, I'm like but if you looked in the credits, Orbital, popular tech uh, techno yeah, I read, duo. I read, that, I read that on the thing. And yep. music from the Prodigy was in there, uh, especially yeah. and over the end credits. But anyways... They they describe this as like the worst disaster in the history of history. Like the the ship disappeared. Like it just, the, as far as they know, disappeared. But then suddenly, seven years later, it reappears near Neptune, and a rescue vessel, a, a, a vessel, the Lewis, Lewis and Clark. Clark, Lewis and Clark. I, lo- I yep. love how sci-fi movies use like, I mean, the Matrix did this too with the Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. and like they use these like. Very old-fashioned explorer names for naming sure. their ships, you know. And they've um, <laughs> they've got this uh, so uh, a very specific, like a, a rescue ship. That's this is what this crew is used to doing is making these kinds of rescue runs. Is is going to be dispatched with Captain Miller. That's Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. But the real like star of this is technically Sam Neill, but for the first part of the movie. And then he becomes a supporting character in the second part of the movie. Yep. But Sam Neill, you know, Grant from Jurassic Park is kind of our 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 lead for a while because we're watching things from his perspective. He's having visions of his dead wife basically saying, like, come and get me, like, come join me. Mm-hmm. And it's like weird. And then he, then we learn that the ship that, that she was also on the sh- or that um, she was on the ship. but. He, he was getting like or we think that she's on the ship this is some of the problems i have with the actual content of the movie because i'm not clear by the end of this if she was actually on the ship because she, she does never kill was herself. she yes. never was on the ship but it seems like she is in the beginning because that's what like motivates him to go and find out what happened to so i i've been thinking about that i don't know what the actual answer is here who knows but we can i, I, I i'm going to give you i'm going to give you my theory when we get <laughs> to the so yeah, well, because like it technically doesn't start off with the rescue mission. He starts with him just in like some sort of space station, having a dream of this eventual horror that we're about to see. You know, a flash of 
like himself and like or somebody. I think it was himself. And then Without just, eyes. Yeah. well, no, even like himself, oh. like as he is, becomes later in the movie. Like he's a, he's like hanging oh, there. Right. Kind of, yeah. So like, yep. I I yep. I've always and like so he delivers it in for like this is me. Okay, I'll give you the theory because it kind of kind of like clicks if you think about it. He's the one that created the mission to go. Like he makes this rescue mission go because they receive a signal from the event horizon. Well, how did they get who got the signal? Well, Sam Neil did. Did Event Horizon send a message to him? Because he's like he's like the creator. Yeah, that kind of is weird because it's like, okay, so the event horizon because this is what we were kind of like dealing with as we're watching it. Is the ship itself possessed, or is there something in the ship that's possessing? The crew, or the or ship, not the ship the is now like, a living. Mean, the ship has become a living entity. But you know, what it, does that mean? That, like, <laughs> we don't know. We've never, we've never been to the chaotic dimension of hell. So. No, we, we haven't been to the to <laughs> chaos dimension. Um, but I can't wait to talk about the chaos dimension. A little um, more. But no, like the, the whole gist of it, even the synopsis, if you read Wikipedia, is like about having a, a ship that is a living ship. Like so, like like. The Shining is kind of a living house. It's like, like sure. you know, sure. it, like I believe since since well, Sam Neill has a kind of a relationship with the ship. He made it. It was like he is the father. He designed the gravity drive, which yeah. allows them to hold space time and make these long journeys. So I yep. think like he's starting to get like tainted from a distance, and why he is, how he is, I don't know. That part, that's just like the only thing that makes that makes sense. You know, I feel like you could also just say he's genuinely curious as to know what happens to the ship. Like the mission could have have begun, you know, and, and I'm sure like whoever government, whatever, is also interested in getting this ship back. You know, if it was the first of its kind, a lot oh, of money. Well, yeah, sunk. that's how we could get the oh, crew. Well, I, like, I don't I don't under I don't I don't think it's too like much of a stretch. But what's interesting is that they make it it's a secret to the crew and mm -hmm. to, to Captain Miller, who Lawrence Fishburne again. The best part of this movie is is Captain Miller and the crew. Sure. I have to just Absolutely. I would love to actually watch adventures that they go on. I think I think Larry Fishburne as a uh ship's captain like this is great. I I would love to see this crew's adventures, like them rescuing others. And it's so sad, you know, by the end what happens, but you know, I, I was actually like kind of invested in the story of the crew of the the Lewis and yeah. Clark. No, they're all they're, if, uh, everyone that everyone in there plays a good is great even yeah. cooper even cooper yeah it, it, that's where i kind of felt like the the initial crew of alien like they just have that kind of scene where they're all kind of chilling in the Ensemble common cast. and stuff like the commons and stuff like that uh what mm -hmm. did you what did you, what was it like did you like seeing um jason isaacs uh lucivus lucivus malfoy that was dj oh DJ is oh Lucius Malfoy. Oh, Lucius. okay. I thought you meant Draco. Lucius, yeah. Lucius, yeah, Lucius Malfoy. Yes, yes. I've seen him in other stuff, so it's not. It wasn't jarring. I, I was like, oh, it's him. Like, great. I, I it like took me a minute. It took me a minute to time. register. To be honest, that was DJ. him. Yeah. Yes, yes, too. I was like, I don't recognize you with not white long hair, but yes. Um, I, but my personal favorite character is is the character, uh, Mister Justin, uh, just because. <laughs> Like right from the beginning, when um when they get on to the Lewis and Clark and and Doctor Weir, Grant, you know, um is is on the ship, Sam Neill's character, you know, he's kind of like in the way, 
and it, 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 Larry Fishburne is just kind of like ordering his crew around, like do this, do you, you know, like getting ready for yeah. takeoff and for the voyage. It's funny. And it's it just like, he turns, he goes, Mr. Justin. And I just busted out laughing just because of the way my kids call you, Mr. Justin. It just reminded me of that. And I couldn't help it. You know, every I, time. I, I, like, I, I, I have nothing Justin against Justin. my name. I like my name. My name's a good name. If it's me, it, it's who I am. But I don't like hearing it in science fiction movies. It doesn't fit. It sounds so weird. You know? I didn't know how to say this to you, but I agree with no, you wholeheartedly. No, it's completely it weird on a spaceship. Yeah, like it's like I'm like you got like all the other ones. It's like makes sense. Miller makes sense. Cooper makes Peters, sense. Miller. Like, Cooper. They're all Smith, like last name. You know, and like, then there's Justin. <laughs> and they yeah they they don't call him by his last name at all. He has a last name. Well, Oh, but you know what? <laughs> on, on par with this is is uh, Malfoy's <laughs> character here too, DJ. Yeah, DJ. Uh, because it, that was a weird that's name like that's he meets that's too. like some a guy you met in middle school or something. Somebody named DJ. You know, it's weird to see him as the um as like the EMT, the doctor on on board. DJ. He doesn't. Like, doesn't no, he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, like, he doesn't have a last or, name. It's just. Or it's, is he like? A, Dr. Jones, and they just call him DJ for short. Yeah, DJ, DJ, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I have to. <laughs> so they go into stasis to make this long journey, and our, our sympathetic character at the beginning, at least, uh, Dr. Weir. Which, wait, uh, I have to add something in this. So he, well, I, I want to just chime in because I want to, I thought this was funny. So there's stasis. Oh, don't you Oh my thunder about his dream and what happens when he wakes oh, up. Oh, well, his dream. You can you can. But the one thing about the beginning of the dream I just want to bring up is that they have a sticker, a piece of tape, that says his name on it. Like I don't understand why. Like I thought, well, yeah. is, this, is this part of the dream? But no, it wasn't. It was it was just there. You just have a sticker for him. <laughs> oh, but when when he like gets a vision like that, he is coming out of stasis. Or like a dream he's coming out of stasis it's like a, a i don't know a tube of water and he just like like barfs him out and he um he sees his i think it's his dead wife yep and they and they pan up and she's got no eyes and the, his reaction she's just i never thought i would want to see. Like that. yeah i would never want i never thought what a horror movie with sam neil would be like but his reaction was the best he went oh yeah, i thought you'd laugh at that <laughs> I literally wrote that down. Oh, oh gosh! There's a lot of these like weird moments in this movie. Just like, who told you to do this, actor or actress? Why did you? Why See, did that's you, the thing. Like, I, I think that the, I think he's being affected by the ship because he's being he's getting the same hallucinations that everyone else essentially gets. But much earlier on, like yeah. from far away. So yeah, you have a point that maybe the ship is trying to like send messages specifically to. He's, um, he knows there. that that the ship knows that Neil's the only one that's going to get people there, and he need the ship is the ship needs a crew because it needs yeah, to get, it needs to get back right. to chaos. That's that's yeah. like my best. I, this is me trying my best. You know me. I'm good at like trying to like problem solve <laughs> plot holes. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're doing it. You're, you're doing your best here for a movie that really doesn't give you much to work with. Um, so they do. They do come across. They finally get to the to the Lewis and Clark or to the uh, to the event horizon, and it's like in a thundercloud, like outside of Neptune space, I guess. Yeah. They get on there, 
um they, they use the umbilicus you know the umbilical cord between them i love that word the umbilicus mm-hmm. uh they get onto the event horizon and they're starting to like and this is like some of the horror elements beginning like they're passing by things and, and they like see like oh there's a little blood on the ground and then they and then the camera pans over and like a lot of blood the walls are like painted in blood and like human corpses are are draped against the wall just like skinned bone and gore just yeah. like attached to the wall um but we do get to see the gravity drive they have to walk down a corridor that looks like it was straight out of the museum of play right like the spinning spinning (laughs) i was like they saw that at a museum and thought it was cool i think it's the other way around i think somebody that built the museum watched event horizon that's what i think (laughs) (laughs) those are that's like a that's like a that's like a you know a water park slide that they make nowadays it's like the dark slide that has a little hole in it (laughs) the light coming through and i mean they were you know to be fair to be fair to, to slow down for a second I feel like yeah. up at this point, as up to this point, it's a very relatively engaging, uh, intriguing movie. Oh, I'm with you there. This, 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 like we were talking about how this movie is really two movies. This first half of them like getting there and trying to assess what's going on, it, you, I was invested. I actually thought it was it's a little slow in spots. Yeah, it's slow, a little boring here and there. But it, I was interested enough in like the way the crew was interacting, in the way like they were finding weird stuff. No, it, it definitely had my interest. And then it just goes off the rails. But <laughs> we, oh. we go down the Museum of Play corridor. I just want to talk about the gravity drive itself because we get to see it for the first time. <laughs> wait, and wait, but, but, the, but the corridor really quick. The corridor, like, like mm-hmm. I love how there's like a little comment that's like, oh, this thing looks like a meat grinder. It's like, oh, great. So foreshadowing, it doesn't end up being a meat grinder, but it's like foreshadowing of like things to come. No, you're right. And I, I thought for sure. Someone will die by those spiking, those spiky engineering doors that close like this. I'm like, someone is getting cut in half. Like someone is going to be jumping through like Larry Fishburne does in the end, but he gets through it. I was expecting someone to die. And like the room of the, where the gravity drive is, is inexplicably covered in spikes, like enormous spikes. Like we were playing God of War on Tuesday. Remember when I got killed by the spikes falling on me? Yeah. It's like those spikes are everywhere. Like, what the hell is? How does that help the gravity drive? And, yeah, Sam Neill like design. I don't know if he was the uh, design of the ship. Obviously, he's the uh, creating of this tech science. But did, did he was the designer too? Like, you know, know, you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna say that the the chaos universe is like an S and M universe, and the gravity drive. He was he's like an S and M scientist. So he was like, "This is where you go when you've been a bad boy," and like. I don't know, there's something about, like, why do you have spikes in this room? But I expected anybody, somebody, to get killed on spikes. Nobody does. Everybody, like, falls near them, but nobody gets, like, a spike kill. It was really disappointing. It's like seeing a railing and not seeing somebody get thrown off the railing. It's like, it's right there. It should be a railing kill. But, yeah. We do, um, oh, I forgot to mention this, that there is a distress signal coming from the event horizon this is kind of important i guess well wait back up for one second before they get to the event horizon this is adds to my theory actually i'm just going to keep pointing things out oh boy about it being a living ship and you know and stuff like that so before they get on the event horizon they're trying to do scans 
right? And like the the they're like, oh, there's a there's living things everywhere, but I can't get a clear. I don't know where they are. It's it's the entire uh, ship, right? Oh, okay. Because I didn't even think about that. I I do remember that part, and I and I honestly thought it meant that there were things. Like to me, I was like, "Oh, there's something on the ship, like some organism." Me, on the me ship getting the experience of you rewatching this film. I knew the answer already, so it's like I sit uh, there, I sit there. I'm like, "Oh, that's neat. I didn't think about that before." I, I mean, I'll be quite honest. Like, I didn't see this movie since it came out. I think I rented it on DVD, uh, which I think it's funny. Yeah. I did, I did read uh, a section on the post production of this thing where the DVD release of this film was like a way more successful than the actual theater release. So like, oh, yeah, like That's... it, it, it just no one to go to theaters to see it. it. It, you know, we read, we read about it. It's like it, what it made like twenty eight billion dollars, one million dollars out of a sixty million dollar budget. It was like yeah, forty two. Yeah, it it came up eighteen million short from what it was, but, what uh, what it cost to. But make they it. were considering yep. making like a director's cut because of how well it did on DVD, and it never came to fruition because I guess this movie we'll get into that in the second half of the show was too graphic and was too gory initially they cut like 15 minutes out of the film because they were too it was too extreme for the test audience and wow and they like i guess even like the directors were like taken aback because it's like they were doing like other shots without him involved like like here go make a bunch of gory things i think we get a lot of that in, in some of like the little like like flashy scenes we get at the end of the film um but like yeah, like they had to cut it down, and it's just and then I guess all the data and all the imagery and all that all that editing was lost, it's gone. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not that I, you know, not that I, I'm like a. I, I mean, it's it stinks that like you know it's just lost, but. Not that I'm like a real preserver of this movie, or like wanting this movie to be preserved. Uh, Maybe it needed that extra fifteen minutes of gore to make it. I so. guess. I mean, I'm I'm looking here and and seeing what the director himself said that like a lot of what was actually cut was all of the hell footage of what was you know like what was in that dimension. Oh. So, I I don't know. Uh, maybe it. I don't know. Maybe it could have been a different movie altogether with that footage in. Uh, maybe it, may, it would make the movie make a little bit more sense or the stakes would be a little bit more raised. But this movie has a lot of problems with it besides like the stuff that's cut out of it. I don't sure. know if, if no, I just save this movie in the edit necessarily. But uh, uh, there's just some weird stuff going on. All that coolant leaking through and Justin walking through the coolant and seeing the cool CGI they, bounce off. They of say Justin way too many times this movie. Like it drives yes. me nuts. It drives me yes, nuts so much. Do. I don't I don't re- I don't remember Justin. even noticing Justin. I don't remember noticing this like in my first viewing. I don't know why. Like I don't know it just like I, I I honestly to be honest, like my ending memory of this film, it was completely different than what happens. Oh like okay. I, I, I just like changed the ending in my mind. Like I don't I, know what I was thinking. I don't know if I was blending it with another Lawrence Fishburne. I could have been blending with a Met Matrix. Who knows? Like oh, nice. honestly, I probably was. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. I am blending this with like Matrix Two when he's on the truck and fighting the Agent Smith. Because I'm like thinking that they're on top of the hole of the ship fighting each other, and that's the end of this film, and that never happens. And I'm like, why <laughs> did I think this? 
Oh my gosh! But you 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 took a note right out of what I wrote down when I when I was watching it. I said like like um, they say Justin a whole lot, and um, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, I wish he would fight more often. I wish he like got a chance to sock uh, Sam Neill in this movie, like give him a good one across the jaw. But <laughs> we we do we do um, they they do discover the ship's log. It's on a CDRW that's stuck in the drive, and she has to pull it out. You know, it's a nice CDs, CDR. You know, you can, they, they, you came, can they came back in style in nineteen twenty forty two. I mean, <laughs> yes. 2047 was when I, I was laughing when you yeah. like when you first get into the ship they got floating things around yep, and you got, like, you got like notebooks that like who, wrenches um a bottle of water that's supposedly in a frozen ship because it's ice cold yep but got to show you the cool water effect that we that we built and <laughs> you know in CGI that's what you know and I was like I'm watching it I'm like all right like cool you you did it you made stuff look like it's floating i'm like but it looks like a cartoon like it's still really early cg i'll not. be to be guys to be fair, doesn't flow on that stuff. when i i my memory of this film when i saw it in the 90s i thought it looked great like i mean like you gotta give it you gotta give it of course. A... of course it was made it was like one of those movies it looks like it was made for a 3d uh yeah. showing though because like, they that. take an object and it's like whoosh, 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 like right up to the camera. Yeah. And then like bounces off. And it's like, yeah, this was trying. This was meant to be seen in the theater. It's funny to me, though, that it got most of its traction on DVD, DVD. <laughs> or on home video. People didn't want to go to the theaters for those things. Okay. Let's let's get back to the, to the story here. They do get the distress signal from before. And DJ, the doctor, Dr. J, Translates believes he can, he can hear the phrase... In, in Latin, liberate me, which is save me. Um, so they're like, oh, man, oh, okay. Um, Mr. Justin is down near the gravity drive and basically gets sucked into it. It turns on very much like the Stargate. And you see like yeah. a liquid. And he comes yes. close and he's like, what the hell is that? And he kind of like puts his hand on it and it sucks him in. And then he goes in and he's apparently attached to a line. So Cooper's on the other side, like, come on, baby bear, I got you. Why do they call him baby bear? I don't understand. I don't know either. Because he's the youngest of the crew, I guess. They call him baby bear. bear. Justin baby baby bear. bear. Justin baby bear. And it's what's funny is is Peter's the like the the science officer or something. She's just like a grown woman, the one with the kid. Mm -hmm. And and she calls him. She's like, Come on, baby bear. I'm like, everybody calls him baby bear. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought Cooper was just being a dick. But no, yeah, like it makes makes more sense when he says it's for sure. But where's the thing I have a question on? Like, okay, so you're in this gigantic event horizon ship, right? It looks huge. Why it has a gigantic hallway from one end to the other? I have no idea. They don't explain that. Like the science that they explained earlier, where like the you know the folding of space and all that stuff, all that makes sense. This gravity well making a black hole, all these things make sense. Well, you know what. There are there is a lot of 2001: A Space Odyssey in this movie too, because the design of the ship is very similar to the side the the design of the ship in 2001, a like forward crew like bridge module, a long like nothing that you can like really in in 2001 you can't access it by like walking down it, but like a long kind of body and then the actual thrusters you know the things that are actually you know moving the ship all the way in the back Mm -hmm. and like the communications relay or something is back there too 
So in order for them to do repairs, they actually have to go extravehicular and go like outside and, and do it. So I didn't, it wasn't like too much of a stretch for me, but I've never seen one where you can like disconnect it. You can just like blow up what's in between and, and, and separate it. It reminded me of a battle bridge from Star Trek where you can, you know, uh, take off the disc and then oh, like yeah. one part goes. Like, one part goes you get a very, one you get a very like dangerous that. black hole in the back of the ship. You know, I mean, it, an escape plan. Yep, yeah. an escape plan, just in case. Um, but so, one thing I'll add about just like, okay, before we get into, I think we'll take a break here soon. Is this hold on? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to hear what you say, but they do get Justin now, and he goes catatonic. He's just like, oh, that's right. Sorry, jump around. Un- unmovable, like non-responsive whatsoever, and they're just they're still trying to figure out what happens, and then they are able to open the log a little bit more. But go on. What were you going to say before we take a break here? Yeah, sure. I I just um. I just the way the ship is so gigantic looking, yeah. but yet you look so small when they're walking around. And the fact yeah, that it's they're, like three rooms. yeah, and three the rooms. fact that they're like they separate and all this, like, as we get into the second half of the movie here, it's like, like we, we're getting a sense of this, this, this ship is gigantic, especially when they're in the hallway, right? How long does it take yep. to get to one end, end to the other? Like, does it, does it take 20 Two minutes? Two minutes? Because no. <laughs> like, they, they have what, what 20 they hours? They're there instantly. I think they have like 20 hours. Because we'll, one thing, I'll, the last thing we'll say is the thing that happens when he goes catastonic or whatever that word you just said. Uh, ca- ca- <laughs> it destroys it destroys the Lewis and Clark, right? It fries the sh- that ship. Yeah, like a shockwave comes out like with him. Like he's thrown out and then like a shockwave ripples through the ship, damaging the Lewis and Clark beyond repair and you know like they're trying well they try to repair it they manage to repair it but you know it, it severely damages um the ship and but they have like forces what? the entire crew to get onto the event horizon in order to survive and which yeah that's this, which this is when air. justin comes out of his yes so they yep they only have what did they say like 20 hours of yeah, 20 breathable hours. air before too much co2 builds up um but Justin comes out of his catatonic state. And I think that's where we should take a break. We'll talk about what happens when he wakes up from going beyond the Stargate. Sure. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about the second movie that we watched. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back. Here, we're going to uh, talk about the second half of Event Horizon, which really is a second movie. There is a lot of difference <laughs> between what happens in the first part of this and in the second part. Um, for one, we do have Justin, Mr. Justin, comes out of his uh, catatonic state. He wakes up, and what he does, though, he like kind of disappears. Uh, Peters is the one; she's the one, kind of like you know, she sees her son, and. Um, she's start. I think she's starting to like hear things and starting to be a little scared. Yeah, hallucination. That, so it's like something was inside, yeah. like this tent-looking thing, scraping. Oh yeah, yeah. And like before this, you saw her watching a video. Like she has, she's divorced, I guess, and her husband's taking her divorced husband is taking the kids for Christmas. So you know, gonna give her a backstory, I, I guess. But you see a video where the son's in a wheelchair, right? Um. Yep. So when she pulls over the tarp from the hallucination she sees her son there like with like all these like like, gaping horrible wounds wounds. yeah all over his legs 
It's creepy. It's gross. But then she and she like looks over and where Justin was laying, he's gone. And then they're trying to find him and they find out he's in the airlock and he's trying to kill himself by decompressing and, and you know shooting himself out into space. Um, which he starts doing. And Miller, Lawrence Fishburne's character, is like coming around from the outside and he's like, he's like, listen, baby bear, I'm gonna tell you what to do. Fold yourself into a ball and, and breathe out all your and air. Puff and, and, and guy, puff and blow all the air. I'm like, why? What is this line? Because right? he's baby bear. They got to use like storybook kind of language to talk to him. So like the big he, bad. How did he get on this crew? <laughs> Meanwhile, Justin is holding his eyes and going back and forth and blood is streaming from him as like the gravity is, is, you know, failing and decompression is happening. Uh, but Miller does save him, even though he he is really in a bad way, like coughing up blood. You know, he's he's been exposed to the vacuum of space for uh, a significant but I short mean, period of time. But they do save him and they put him in stasis and they're like, he'll live. I think DJ was the, the best thing. The best line He's like, uh, he won't be pretty, but he'll live. And it's like, damn, dude. All right. <laughs> Uh, but like that scene, I forgot. I just like this is where I'm just like when I'm watching it because I'd seen this before. I don't remember it being this violent. Like I have no memory of. I remember there being like a horror scenes and some scary things, and but I don't remember it being this like extremely violent. Like that's like a kind of a shocking turn for this film up to the point that we've seen. They've tried to scare you with like creepy things, like oh, like you know, not really land. They don't really land. Yeah, like but me. then all of a sudden here it's like you got this really violent de- like almost gory death you know that he doesn't die but like he looks like his eyes are exploding out of his sockets and like (laughs) that that is space horror the jump scares and hallucinations really took me out of the movie the space horror aspect of it of like the danger of decompression the you know when the hull when there's a hull breach and you know they're they're only got this much air like that to me was more intriguing than these like weird visions but the crew all the crews start to see people from their past that only they can see that kind of like represents their like their deepest fears or their closest held like secrets or regrets and um like miller sees the guy who he let like burn to death basically he had to abandon you can also feel the visions too like he made a comment like living it almost feels like living things which make you know, for a while I was like, I thought this was like an Isaac Asimov story. Um, I think it was called, oh, I forget the name of it. I think it might just be called Insanity, where, you know, a crew of, we're, we're seeing things, we're hallucinating things, and it was actually like another life form trying to communicate with them. In this case, I thought, oh, maybe it is like some kind of life form, but it's like a malicious thing. It's trying to drive them crazy. It's trying to keep them away. And that from was something. the original script. Pretty much. I kind of want to see the original movie. <laughs> like, I think that would have been a better movie than the shining in space. Uh, but anyways, the crew starts to see it. You know, all of them have their own like little stories. You know, I don't Except think we, there's Cooper. one we didn't. Cooper there's... doesn't get it. Cause he's like off the ship in a space. I love, wait, wait, I, mean, I love like just, we can just like kind of jump around like the ending of the movie. Cooper's arc is actually pretty fun. Like I like him. Like he's funny, and like he he has like some comedic moments when he like by himself later, like in space. Like you know, it's just like I like his whole arc. But you don't really get like Stark's hallucination, which her name is yeah Stark, like the the blonde haired yeah. lady. 
oh, she's great. Yeah, she doesn't. You don't see any of hers. She confronts Weir too, and and because we learn in the end that Weir is really the antagonist. He's like, I don't know, the vessel that they're that the that the gravity like the chaos realm is like working through, and trying. He's trying to actively bring the ship back through that other dimension. Um, but we got to talk about the log because they do un they do decode more of the log and that's when we get a good old fashioned blood orgy justin people definitely banging in the background and you know like uh at the same time also like shoving their fists down other people's mouths eyes getting pulled like, out of people's pockets yep. and and like i love it because lord swishburne's watching it and then he just looks up and goes we're leaving and then <laughs> and Neil is like coming after him and saying like no 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 and he like turns on him and he's like fuck this ship we're leaving yeah but like there, there is a moment where like throughout the beginning like Sam Neil I think is trying to help and figure this out like he's obviously being tainted but like I don't think that it wasn't until like the very end where he's like I'm already home or something where that creepy thing happens where he like goes into the shadows and whatever and goes in comes back but like you have the whole scene earlier where he's like trying to stop the gravity well. He claw he crawls into that like random like one of the spheres opens up and he crawls into a hole and it's a green tunnel. And like oh, the, cir- the circuit board tunnel. I, yes. Visually that's cool. Like that was a cool looking place. Cool yep. It's like a Jeffrey's tube from Star Trek, like mm-hmm. where they do all like the behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, cool circuit board tunnel. Like that was yes. kind of a cool scene where it's like, you know, like something's coming, but I like how like the light goes in and off and you know, it's, yep. it's creepy. It's, it's whatever. And I don't like his, his wife's scares though. She is, she's like weird looking. Like she's just like, doesn't she's not scary. And like when she, she tries to come off scary. Right. But then she's like, she has a weird delivery of just like, like, it's like almost like you forgot to do the laundry. It's like, Come stay with me. <laughs> like it's like it's not like scary or creepy at all. Yeah. yeah, and and but I mean like for him like the first time seeing it and going, Whoa. you know, like I get it. It's a it's a pretty bad dream. Um, Doctor Weir's wife is played by Holly Chant, who does not have any other acting credits to her name. Oh, so take that for what you will. Maybe this was the beginning and end of her career. Perhaps she is just somebody who knew somebody on the production and got to do this little bit. She was part. willing to get naked on a spaceship. Yes, and hold Grant to her to oh her my belly. God. Such an odd scene. That's <laughs> what I wrote down. I was like, unexpected boobs, but like not in any way that anybody wanted or anybody would want to see. Like it's with not... like weird underwear too. It's like this like like not normal. Like you know, it was like this with tan Based underwear. Is sure. that the future's underwear? Is that what yeah. it's going to look like? Yep. Yep. I'm not a fan of the future. Everything underwear. comes back in style in, space, in the future. You got the CDs and oh. tan underwear and grumpy yeah. <laughs> underwear. Uh, so you do get a um, DJ decodes more of the message from the blood orgy scene, and it's it's not save me. It's uh, uh, save yourself from hell, is what it uh, translates to be, and. So they figure out that the the ship's drive somehow opened a dimension to like some kind of hellish universe outside of our own. Um, And by doing that, somehow the ship is now sentient. The ship is self-aware. So Miller, I think, makes the right choice and decides to destroy it. The ship's been sentient the whole time. 
but they just discover it. Like, oh you know, yeah, that's they, what they, they realize they it. Like yeah, I, that, that's the thing. Like they make this big revelation with these logs, and I'm like, it doesn't really have changed the outcomes of anything. It's like, it's like, oh man, if only we would have known. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were gonna turn. Well, you know, one of the times when when, he, when um, Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne is trying to get Sam Neill's attention, and Sam Neill like walks away. <laughs> Don't you turn your back on me, Mister? It was like a like a parent scolding a child. <laughs> that, I think that delivery too is like it's like why is don't this? Don't you walk away from me, Mister? That whole the whole line is like why is this happening? I don't know. Why is this happening? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. He starts to go. He's like, don't you walk away from me, Mister? Oh <laughs> uh, my gosh. Um, yes, but I do. I and and this is not me saying these words, but he says that, and then a little while later he says, "Fuck this ship." And then, and then we start to see the crew kind of falling, you know, dying one by one to succumbing to, in some cases, their hallucinations and those catching up with them. Or in, in some cases, uh, Weir, Dr. Weir, Grant himself, like he kills DJ and he, he does like knock Stark out, uh, but he, that's it. He doesn't, he like confronts her and that's it. But then it's Miller who like faces off with him. And you see, you see, like his face, like he's he's already ripped his own eyes. Well, before out. before all that happens, there's a couple things I want to call out. So, like you have, cause la- like it, by the time you've reached the final battle, like there's only like what Cooper, everyone else is dead except for Stark. Oh, and, let's talk about Cooper. Yes. And we have um, Rear Weir's left, and then we have Miller, and then obviously Cooper. They don't know he's alive. They think that he's dead. But before Cooper's all that, outside the ship. You got you got them all kind of like getting tainted by the thing. You got DJ that's almost like starts killing Rear at one point. Like he just goes nuts, right? You don't really get his like hallucinations, but obviously that's like a showing of him being overly aggressive, right? See them all kind of like breaking down a little yeah. bit, and like but like Lawrence Fishburne's trying to hold them all together. And yep. like you have like conversation, like he like he, then you learn about the backstory of uh, he tells DJ the story of the of of the fire, like you mentioned that earlier about him losing somebody. His, like, and how the ship knows yep. things that no one else knows, and like this, this is where you get the realization. So they're all trying to escape now. They're all trying to get out. You got Smith, who's like doesn't want to. He's not want to been on this thing the whole time. The other, like pilot dude, um, yeah. Uh, he yeah. he he just doesn't even care about anyone. He's just like I'm gonna get off. Like so he leaves the the other girl. I can't remember her name. It's the one that has the son. Like she's Peters. trying to get all yeah. the tubes at the end to get all the oxygen to bring. Yes. So they fix it. And then she gets yep, distracted by scrubbers. Yep. She she gets which, dis- are, which are apparently those halogen lights or yeah. like little tubes. Those are CO two scrubbers, and they're just like one, two. We need twenty six of these. <laughs> like just pulling them out. It's like okay, and then, fine. And then so she's like, fine, everything's good to go. And then she sees her son, and that's like drops the, everything. Yep. Yeah, that's that so that whole scene was kind of poorly done. Like the way they well, handled that. Tell me, that's a that's a glaring plot hole because she pulls out all the CO2 scrubbers of the event horizon to bring them back to the Lewis and Clark. Oh, yeah, so She's holding there. a lot of them. She's holding like half of them. The one dude goes, um, I forgot his name, but the, the helmsman, the actual guy who flies the ship, um, he he's like, Smith. I'm out. Like you, you, you follow me. And and he he's going. And Peter's the one who like who's got the rest. She like sees, yeah, the like vision of her son and drops everything chases this thing up up you know however many stories i didn't know how tall this was but then eventually 
best best fall death I've seen in a long time. She like sees her son and is like walking toward him and goes <laughs> and just like falls down a pit. I'm like every other pit is surrounded by you know railing and scaffolding and whatnot. And he lures her, manages to lure her to the one you know like dangerous hole in the whole ship. And the ship knows but, knows all the danger spots, you know. Yep. And then when she falls, it's a and she and like explosion she immediately of blood. explosion of blood hits it. But then you see her like swallow. She's like, Ugh. and I was like, oh, maybe she's somehow alive. The like, oh no, she just swallowed like, after she died. That, okay. That's that's the next gory death. And then you got the other one is DJ. Like that, like gets that's when like Doctor Weir. Oh, that's after Doctor Weir. He's gone to try to. Here's the one He's the one that goes to the gravity well and does some kind of thing. He's having an hallucination. I don't even know what happened. It's like, I think they're arguing or whatever. But then he rips his eyes out for some reason. Like, he sees Peters and he goes, Oh no, Peters. Oh yeah, he, he gets feels bad. And then he gets like, That's right. He feels, That's right. I and, then, and then he decides to take his own eyes out. Yeah. He and can't. then he returns and he basically like dissects. Um, DJ and like hangs him, hangs his body. Such from a weird. Hooks. I don't understand. Yeah. So, so this is where it goes back to like, like my other. We have against this guy, like, geez, like <laughs> of all the people to do this to. He's he's living chaos. He's seen the light of chaos. You know, he oh, okay. wants to live it. <laughs> but my so he's he's wait, 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 hold on, hold on. The... Oh, no, is... I'm just saying. I, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just trying to beat the movie out a little bit better. He's um at this point after he does that to DJ. Um, Dr. Weir does turn on a uh, 10 minute countdown thing that the gravity uh, drive is going to turn on and take them back. So there's now there's a time limit, but go on, please. Well, the whole thing where like you have like the weird thing happening with DJ and then you got like them all doing something at different parts of the ship and he's spending all this time dissecting him. How come no one runs into him? This ship has only three rooms. Like, you know, and it's really quick to get from room to room. You just walk for a couple minutes and then you're on the other side of the ship. <laughs> but so the only thing I was trying to bring up earlier was like this, the, the, the side of the ship doesn't make sense for how many how many people there are. The fact yes. that you should be able to hear like DJ doesn't even scream. He just goes goo, goo, like he doesn't even like <laughs> he knocks him out and then he starts cutting into him and he goes blah, blah. And yeah. that's it. And it's like, okay. No, um, no thrashing, no nothing. Just, yeah. And then uh, I think that's when you have the realization that we're also, because we're, I think, he cuts GJ after he puts the bomb on the ship. Yes. Yeah. And and he says something to Lawrence Fishburne, like, like I don't know, Larry Fishburne says something to him, like, um, like we we we've, we're, we're going home. And like, he steps back into the yeah. shadow and says, I'm already home. Yeah, that's when you start realizing he is but, that's before he takes his eyes out and i think he's yes. being he's starting to lose control of himself i think he's really getting back and forth they don't show it really well but like he he is conflicted you know what i mean like because he does have this concern for peters but then he rips his eyes out so it's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't need these anymore this way i don't see the crew dying and it's not my fault um so let's talk about cooper Cooper's on the outside of the Lewis and Clark fixing the ship. Doing a good job. And he is doing a good job. And, he, and, he, and it's like, even like something else happened and he still fixes it. And he goes, damn, I'm good. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he gets like, like the shit, like whatever happens with the ship. And he gets like 
get blown up. Maybe it's the explosion or, or something like blows him off of the ship. And I was like, no, not Cooper. I'm yeah, like, Cooper. he's the only person. And he's, and as he's doing it, he, he's like somebody ripped from the 20th century just put into this movie. <laughs> yeah, like somebody from the 90s. His reactions are the best. And here, let me, let me grace you with these. Like, this is him being blown off of the ship in his, in his suit, but being blown away from the ship into open space. And then when he comes back, Wait, when you he did that so loud, you face. cut out. Just so you know, I didn't oh. hear any of it. <laughs> but that, that's what it would sound like in space. So good job. And then to get back to the ship, he figures out how to like bleed the oxygen to like give him a boost back, which especially looking at the visuals of the movie seems impossible because from his perspective, it just looks like nothing endless yeah. space and there's nothing like, where is even the ship before he does but that though? Just... I want his, his delivery of lines. He's so positive. He's like, yes. <laughs> he's like, all right, Cooper, you can figure this out. How are we going to do this? Damn oh. yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby bear. And so he gets, uh, he blasts the oxygen and it sends him back to the ship. And his line as he does that, here I come, motherfuckers! <laughs> um, but did you also notice there was a reference to Back to the Future, I feel, in this movie? No. From Sam Neill. Sam Neill's character, uh, they say something, like Captain Miller says something to him, and he says, like, where we're going. Oh, oh he said, what happened to your face? Like, what happened to your eyes? He's like, where we're going. We don't need roads. I mean, eyes. I don't think he was trying to do that's what I heard. <laughs> I, I, I pictured him putting on the Doc Brown ones, like those like silver sunglasses over his like ripped out eye. Like, yeah, I, I don't know about that one. That's a stretch. <laughs> Back to the future reference. So, yeah. That's, the direct, I, that's what's yeah. in the director's cut. You got Marty McFly that shows up. <laughs> so this is them. Like, Stark is on the ground. Lawrence Fishburne has revived her, but she's weak. And he's facing off with Dr. Weir, who is saying, like, where we're going, we don't need roads. I mean, eyes. And then this is when Cooper comes back to the ship and, like, lands right at the bridge and is on the window, like, hello. And that's when Weir decides, instead of shooting at Lawrence Fishburne, he shoots the, like, rail gun or, like, bolt gun. The drill gun? I don't know what this at, is. I don't know either. At, at Cooper... And somehow that doesn't kill him. It just blasts him. Is this when he gets blasted out? Is, is that when, just, when, when he, 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 ends, him out space? he ends up going to the airlock after that, but he gets pushed out. He pushed away and he, I don't, yeah, I don't know how he gets there to be honest in the end. I have no clue. Yeah. And, but, that, but, but this is when we see Weir get sucked out into space. Yeah. But then, right? before this, this is where he gives all the information on chaos and hell and the dimension mm. brings you to hell, and there's a whole other dimension you don't even know, and all this stuff. I can't remember where this happens. There's a point where it's like somebody, I think Miller, has like extreme visions of like horrific shots of like the crew being like just tortured and just like horrible yes. visions. Like that was yeah. disturbing. He like gives them the visions, he like gives them to Larry Fishburne. That's at the very end. Um, when they're like in the gravity drive room, okay. he start he, he like shows that he shows a Miller what's in store for the crew, and you know that's like part of Miller's motivation to end things the way he did. But um, I do like, yeah, 
so the decompression is happening on the bridge because we are shot at Cooper. Um, so Stark and Captain Miller are trying to get out. Captain Miller, I guess, Laurie, Lawrence Fishburne has got real arm strength to rope climb against decompression. You know, he's just like do, 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 away from the you know thing that's sucking everything out into space. The practical but, effects of that shot's actually pretty good, though. Like the way he gets well, flips I, up and he's like floating in there, and like the winds coming, like look pretty cool. Not bad. Not bad. It was believable. It was believable. But yeah, you're right. You know, this is like this. Uh, just thinking about like the the scenes that flash when him and we are confronting each other at the end. It is trying to be kind of like Hellraiser in space. Yep. Like, isn't that yep. what this is? I, all I could think of was like insert horror movie name in space. Like that's what they were trying. But yeah, it feels a little bit like The Shining. You do have that scene. I'm sure you you, you know what I'm talking about. You mentioned it. Yeah, so um, we'll get there. Like, so the the whole story point, right, is Miller is going to like blow up. They're going to do the thing that we talked about earlier where they blow up the middle part. Foreshadow this, like where you separate the back section from the bridge and let the drive and all the rest of that go. And then the bridge is like a lifeboat. They kept saying lifeboat. Yep. So you got Stark and Cooper and Justin still there. And the, he's in the pod, stasis pod. Mr. And Justin. Mr. Justin's still good. He survives this. I don't know how. But, uh, <laughs> it, like, so... um. They're there, and he he leaves to go blow this up, knowing I think very well that he's not going to survive it. Because he, he tells him like lock the door behind me. Yep, it seems like he knows it's a one way trip. So that he's trying to turn things off in the gravity well, and then he gets the vision of the fire dude again that turns into Sam Neil, because the ship brings Sam Neil back from space. Yeah, pulls him back in. And his body, he's like straight up Hellraiser. He's all like cut up so and he's naked. It's like, yeah, it's just, he's not really naked. He's just like bodysuit dude, like like flesh that's all been mutilated. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird to see Sam Neill in this kind of role. I don't I think he was very good in this movie. I think his acting was pretty terrible. I, I think when I had told you I love Sam Neill at the end, when I told you this before we watched the movie, uh, or you hadn't finished, gotten to the part yet, because, I mean, when I watched in 97, all I knew with him was Jurassic Park. And I'm just yeah. like, it was just weird seeing him do this role in general. Like, I was just like, wow, that's different. Like, just seeing him this way. So that's why I was like, it's just, that's why I, it was it was memorable. Let's put it that way. I'll, I'll agree with that. I bet he <laughs> fired his agent though after this. It's like, no more of these, please. But... <laughs> So, uh, yep, Miller eventually sacrifices himself. He gets to the detonator and explodes it, and which separates the ship, you know, the two sides. And the gravity drive activates, and it pulls the stern of the ship, the back of the ship, into a black hole, I guess. So Miller is in hell right now. Yep. But I, I didn't understand, like, why into a black hole? Like, why is there a black hole here, too? Well, that's the whole... But, way, that's how the gravity well works. That was oh, the whole is that science. It, was that it created a... Oh, because it creates an event horizon. It creates a black hole, pretty much. Yeah. So it gets sucked into that. And Stark and Cooper uh, get Mr. into... Mr. Justin. Mr. Justin. Well, they get into stasis tubes next to Mr. Justin. And then we get 
we both watched this. I think we can say this. We both watched this on Pluto TV, which is we were able to watch it for free with commercials. But I'll tell you, Justin, this is where a commercial intervened right here at this moment. They go into the um, stasis and wait to be rescued. And then come back from commercial break and it's 72 days later on the screen. Yeah, I barely remember like Stark looks out the window and it's like, she goes, it's less than a minute of she, footage. She, after she, she looks out murder. the window and says, Miller, and it just cuts to commercial. And I'm like, is that, yep. is that, is that how it ends? Like it said, I don't remember. No, I was, I was like, really? I'm like, okay, that can't be the ending. I'm like, they dragged it out way longer. I thought that it was going to end before we weren't going to have like a fight in the gravity. Well, gravity drive room. I thought it was going to end with them, like breaking off the ship and like his decompression and, we are going out into space, but no, they brought him back for more hell scenes and this. And I was like, okay. I was really excited when they said it's 20 minutes till uh, detonation. I was like, good. That means this movie will be over in 20 minutes. <laughs> I was just excited for the ending. But when it comes back from commercial break, yep, 72 days later, the event horizon gets boarded by a rescue party, find the crew in stasis. And they and Stark comes out first, and she's like the you know like what would you say she's like second in command right on yeah. the ship she's like yeah. the first officer, um, the lieutenant and, technically. And immediately she's, uh, she sees the rescuer is Weir instead is is uh, what's his name Sam Neil. And then she's like screaming, like, wah, wah. But it was a nightmare. And she's like really coming out of the stasis again. And Cooper is there, like trying to comfort her with terrible ADR at the end. Cooper, his mouth clearly not moving in the in the sound oh, of his voice, that. never changing in tone as the camera pulls away. He's like, Stark, it's fine. It's Cooper. I'm here. I'm here. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> it's okay now. Stark. I'm here. It's Cooper. It's just like repeating all these words. And it's like, I can see he's not even talking. Do you want some coffee? You want some black inside you? And and, and then the doors closed. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then the doors closed and the movie's over. Yep. Like 30 seconds after the commercial break comes back. It's like, okay, yeah, they made it. Quick nightmare. then, Then loud, obnoxious music again. And then we get the prodigy. Yep. Uh with uh I forgot the name of the song, but this was from their first album, The Fat of the Land. Prodigy. And and look at I stayed. What I wrote at the end, Justin, was what the fuck was that ending? Like just it should have been one you more know, scare. Yeah, get one more scare in. But it wasn't even a scare. Like it was like, okay, duh, they're doing it. Like it, it felt I know, so, I know, I know. But yeah, we got Orbital in a 90s techno wet dream of uh, music to end the movie. And that is how Event Horizon stumbles across the finish line. So overall, Justin, would you recommend this movie? Yes. To somebody that likes, that would be, that would, has never seen it before. Are you into techno horror? Then this might be the movie for you. I mean, like I said, there is people that would be into this kind of movie. Like that's that that's not. I'm saying it doesn't sure. to the right person. It, you know, there there are good things about, especially that first half, the first movie. 
And I think this could have been better if it was an actual alien being and not the ship being sentient. I thought the ship, ship storyline was part fine. Of the sentient? Like the brain? Like the, the computer? They're using the computer all the way through the end. Like what part of the ship it's is just, sentient? What, like did, I don't, I don't, that, I, that, I don't that, understand because it went why, into like a dimension of craziness and blood yeah. orgy. I mean, you can't really explain that part. I mean, that's just the, that's it. Like it, that's the answer. You don't have to like give an explanation. They just, you know, it's it's, just, it's just sentient. Well, here's my question for you: Why does the why does the ship need people if it just wants to go back to the crazy dimension? Doesn't can it, it just it's sentient, sentient. but it can't, I don't think it can like. You need someone to press the button. Is that it? Yeah. You just need someone to come and press the turn on the button. That's correct. Okay. All right. Thank you. So this, the whole motivation of this ship is just get people but, on. But so again, that, there's the a plot hole there because I don't know how the gravity well turns on initially. So there's that plot hole, I guess. Well, Sam Neill turns it on. Not not initially, at least not initially, because he was on the Lewis and Clark still. He stayed. Oh, high. oh. Oh, you know, Justin got close to it. But, the, you know, maybe it's the liquid in the Stargate there in the gravity drive. That's what's sentient. It, it's, like, still connected to the Well, Justin did, was playing with the controls, I guess, before it turned on. So maybe he accidentally turned on. True. But, yeah, it needs, somebody, it needs somebody to bring him back. So it makes me wonder, was there somebody from the old crew that maybe got the got it out of there? Like, it, like, try to get out of hell. I want to see that story. How did it come back? Like, why didn't it just stay there? Did did what come? Oh, the the actual ship. Like, why did it come back? Yeah, like, why didn't it just stay? That's there? a very good question. To lure another seven people, like, needs a, to... the, like a real elaborate plan to get like five people at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a huge rescue mission to fucking Neptune to get seven more people so they could push a button for it. It's a convoluted plan by this uh, ship. That yeah, is sentient. Know. Yeah, I you know, know, it could be sentient, but it could also just be stupid too. It could be, you know, it could think for itself. It's just an idiot. You know, the ship. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, I got to tell you, I, I would recommend The Shadow over this movie because at least I laughed really hard with The Shadow. This you know what? Like... You saying that makes me makes me think if we do enough of these, we're going to do a bracket again. We're definitely oh, gonna do, do a bracket down. Tournament, tournament of favorites. Okay. <laughs> right now, the shadow is winning. No, I definitely would recommend the shadow over over this this film. Sure. Yes, by a mile. But uh, <laughs> oh but my gosh, then. Okay. it was fun to talk about it with you. If anything, I oh, yes, it wasn't not as good oh, as yeah, it was no, not as good. I'm it's sorry. not as good as I remember it to be. Um, I wish it. Had- it it had, it has it had, a... I, I did read a review from Ebert. It's like he they all say the same thing we're saying. It's like mm-hmm. it's like it had like a really good start to it. And it just sort of like goes it just goes off the like you said off the rails. It goes too extreme. It just a lot of takes a lot of liberties with the audience too. Like makes us take these like in like leaps or what do you call it? Like makes us suspend our disbelief a little too many times it, it turns into something else like it really does turn into like hellraiser in space yep. and you who have seen so many of the hellraiser movies can attest to that i mean it just I've seen a couple of them yeah but yeah changes a different kind of movie anyways but i don't know maybe a different director maybe a different script this could have been 
something you know like you know really memorable but i mean it, we it remembered had, it, it had a now. good crew for it i think it had a good cast and i think it had a good like like i think the sets were really good some of the costuming was good like like oh, a lot of it's good like I'm, <laughs> yeah it was, I, I, there was a lot of good things about it so i'd like at least say give it a try just understand that the pacing and plot is very disjointed at the end that's all i can say watch it with liquor that's what i'll say watch it with a beer or five <laughs> you'll need it to get through watch it with your children um, that's what i say yeah it, you're right you know what it is like it it starts out as alien and then turns into hellraiser mm-hmm. well, i could try to do yep. that well, and i think we're, we're, we're done credit for trying. i'm just glad that the character of coop made it out alive i love cooper yeah he deserved it yes all right, Justin. Well, this has been really fun. Yep. Uh, I'm excited to 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 talk about our, our our next one for next week, but we'll 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 get into that later. Yep. But as always, you can catch us playing favorites here every Tuesday and Thursday night around nine nine fifteen ish. Uh, streaming on Tuesdays, our Let's Play. And right now, we're doing our God of War Let's Play. I'm having a lot of fun, mm-hmm. warring it up as a god. It's really fun, and. um yeah, join us again next Thursday for another classic, classic in parentheses, <laughs> uh, quotation marks, uh, 90s flick. And yeah, this has been Playing Favorites. I'm Paul. And I'm Mr. Justin. <laughs> I'm have glad a- you made it, Mr. Justin. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>